This is the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez, and uh, you are listening to WPOV Wrestling. Folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-hosts of the of the upper stratosphere. I'm going to call them this week. We're talking about the Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson. Pleasure as always. You're looking ass kicking with that toque uh, combo combination you got going on. Looking well, like a tough guy, Andy. Looking okay, loving, as as if I can at least look like one, that's uh, half the battle. Now you know what? Before I introduce my next co-host. I want to tell you about a thing called karma. Uh Karma is a little bit of a something where when you do something bad, it comes back, it kicks you in the ass super hard. Say you, I don't know, decide to betray your global (laughs) uh, colleagues and run off to the big WPOV show, and then they drop you like a hot sack of shit when they get Clay Cummings to take your place. Hey, Elio. Well, no, no, I think Elio deserves the who this week. We're talking... The the traitorous cur, Elio Canella. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. There's nothing like coming back with your tail between your uh, legs. Is that is that not true, Elio? I'm sure you're mistaken. I don't know what you're talking about. We told you what happens when you trust those American boys. Yeah, they prepped you all up, and then they dumped you the first dance. They got one of their compadres on. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to Canada. And see, we're such nice Canadians. We're going to abuse the fuck out of you, but we're going to still let you come back into the fold. <laughs> I've always been abusing him, so nothing's really changed for yeah, me. Yeah, nothing's really changed. This time I've decided to get on the Andy boat. There you go. And we're going to push you face first in the propeller. All oh, right. Look, we, we got Elio Canellis back here. Uh, your, your horrible son. Why didn't you beat him more growing up? Uh. <laughs> Fans, if you want Andy to beat... <laughs> Audio Canella physically, please write in. Where could they people write in if they want a hot topic for next week? (laughs) Elio, if the fans really want Andy to get on a plane, and and they'll, of course, fans, you'll have to send the money because we don't do this shit for free. Andy will fly. Flights are canceled. No, there are flights within this within our country. Yeah, and Andy does not fly less. Then first class, exactly. the man, you fly him to Toronto and he will yep. go to the, the doorstep of Elio Canellis, his once son, who's been a traitor, and yep. he will kick him squarely in the nuts once and say, welcome Where? back, dog, and head home. And I'll do it wearing a mask. <laughs> yes. So fans, all you got to do is vote. And, and, and hell, Elio. You traitor, where would people write in if they wanted to see you get your ass kicked or they wanted anything else to talk about? I'm shame mistaken, but just write in on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV1, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Well, you know what, guys? I had to go away for a week. Uh, I was uh, on a hiatus, we'll just say. I wasn't sick this time. I was on hiatus. Uh, I finally got out of quarantine, so I needed to go to town, get away from my goddamn house for at least a little while. And I did that, so I'm sorry. We, I, You guys did great, by the way. Uh, I have not, of course, yet got the chance to hear quarantine. That'll be coming out probably tomorrow, and I'll be, or mm. I guess, yeah, it probably came out today. 
I don't know. It'll be coming out sometime, but I'll be listening to that one. I guess it's next week. I got it all mixed up because uh, yesterday we had out the hardcore edition. Hardcore, yeah, yeah. So I'll hear your guys. How did it go? How how, how did the how do you guys feel the show went? That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. a fun show. Yeah. yeah, Attitude Era was a, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had a Rick Serrano the third. Oh, Ooh. the uh, now exactly the natural disasters number one fan. Oh. <laughs> Only fan, but yes. Uh, and he was doing his best Bailey impersonation throughout the show. I saw the gifts. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, definitely worth checking in, uh, checking out, listening to to Rick. And uh, we had Clay. Mm-hmm. Who else do we have on the show? Did you have us? AJ Sanchez? Oh yeah, yes, AJ, yes. of course. Yes, the incomparable Excellent. AJ Sanchez. I love that guy. He's always a great uh, and welcome addition on any of our quarantines. Exactly. Okay, and uh, you know what? I listened to last week's show. You guys uh, had a great time. Tony was on there. Uh, good job. So now we're back. Let's uh, let's talk this week's AEW. If you know what, folks, because I've been gone, I did not get a chance to watch any of the other uh, wrestling matches out there. No MLW, no ROH, no Impact or whatever other stuff. Even I didn't even get to see UK this week, which I really enjoy, but I just didn't get a chance. So here I am. I'm back. We did watch AEW Dynamite tonight. Now, before we get into that, Let's talk about our feature called Elite or Delete. And here is what I was curious about. I mean, obviously, today's Elite or Delete guy is one of the biggest guys in AEW. But I was just curious to see how much of a pendulum might have shifted if the fans have kind of, because we've talked about it a lot, and it seems like we're not the only ones who are just maybe a little tired of Cody Rhodes' bullshit. Okay, I mean, he's got by far the most obnoxious, longest, ridiculous, freaking entrance which he likes to even do when he doesn't wrestle he if he's just going to come out there and talk two minutes he has a three minute entrance to get there um and not only that not only was his entrance horrible now he's got a remix entrance by snoop dogg which is even worse terrible um so i was curious and and we've we've also noticed this whole thing of every time there's a super big name that even takes a sniff around aw cody rhodes is there getting involved you know seems like he has to have his finger in the pie of just about anything that could make him bigger so i was curious fans what you fans thought about it before we get into that i'm going to start off with andy and andy tell me your feelings towards cody rhodes and his presentation right now in aew uh feelings towards cody and his presentation in aew um, there's no denying he's a great wrestler we can't say oh yeah that. no no he's he's one of the top there yeah i mean whether he whether he's part owner of the company or or not uh, I think, you know, it, just as you were saying, we're, you know, about elite or delete, and, and if as a pendulum would, would switch, maybe, I don't know if we didn't word it right, or just, be, or because we actually did it as an elite or delete, maybe the numbers aren't surprising, and, but maybe it's, because by the sounds of things, it's, it's, you know, not that uh, he should be delete mm-hmm. or deleted, but maybe it's, we're just getting tired of the Cody show. Yeah. So maybe like he needs to kind of scale back versus a delete. And uh, I didn't really see any of the comments. So, I mean, if that's maybe part of, of what it is, then that, that's kind of how I see it. It's, it's just, yeah. I mean, 
you know, the comparisons to Triple H are going to be there. You know, as you mm-hmm. were talking about the entrance and the remix entrance, I'm thinking, well, at least, you know, Triple H had a couple different entrances. I mean, he had a couple different Motorhead songs, depending on if he was coming out as, uh, you know, Figurehead Triple H, or if he's coming out as the game. And, you know, at least the, the Figurehead one was shorter. So, you know, maybe Cody could uh, take a page, another <laughs> another page from the Triple H playbook and maybe have a shorter version for when he's coming out just to do promos or, or something else. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, he, he is what he is. It's, it's, it's not a matter of delete and I mean, okay. he's going to be one of the top guys, but it's just maybe a little less Cody. A little less. Okay. Yeah. How are you feeling about uh, the whole Cody presentation? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree because it seems every week, one, some weeks there's no Cody. Other weeks there's like one segment or more than one segment and, and it just gets me too much. Cody wrote on a on the TV, like, okay. just, just scale it back. All right. Um, before I give mine, I'm just, uh, because Rick Serrano III is, a, re- is a, a regular, con- well, he's a host on this network, and he's a regular contributor to Global, I'm just going to read quickly what he wrote in. He wrote in, I honestly believe Cody has ruined his legacy. See what I did there? It's too late for him to become likable like his dad or a workhorse like his brother. He became a suit too soon in his career, and if he keeps going down this elite push, He's been given himself. The world will be hopefully, the world will be hoping for a go away option. Now here is I really got to agree with this, okay? Because what I see here is this, uh, and and Andy, I'm just going to use you as an example, okay? Now suppose Andy had come and joined the show, and Andy uh, was a guy we didn't really know, okay? Unlike how I knew him coming in, and he was a friend, but let's let's say he was somebody we didn't know. He's somebody who just got paired up with us, okay? And let's suppose Andy was always jumping into every single thing no matter what it was i mentioned i like comic books and he's got to tell me a story about comic books wait 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 that part's true i already do that (laughs) no no no, but you don't to this extent (laughs) to the to the extent where you were like almost overbearing right in everything that was going on and that's the problem with cody right now is the way he presents himself he doesn't you know his father at times it seems he's tried to ape his father's career at points to try and get some of those things but his father had a whole different approach and a whole different uh, character, okay? His father wasn't the, the guy in the suit who was the corporate dude who was, you know, he was the, uh, the working man, you know? His brother took all co- kinds of different routes to get his popularity. But the way it's going now, it's pretty damn hard to have a likable corporate character in this world. So that was the first step that's a bit of a turnoff. He comes out all, you know... I like to dress up. Andy likes to dress up. Elliot, we all love to dress up. But it's not really who we were walking around 24 hours a day dressed in $1,000 suits. It's just not who we are. And it comes across from Cody, that's not who he really is. That's just that he's playing the role. You know, he's playing this better than everybody thing. I mean, if he was such a corporate bigwig guy, he wouldn't have got the the grossest ass freaking tattoo you could possibly get on your neck, right? I mean... You're never going to get a job as a typist now, Cody. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, if, did you see the Super Bowl? He was at the Super Bowl, and he was dressed up. He had shirt and tie, and uh, I'm assuming he had a jacket because the picture yeah. I saw, he still had a vest on as well. <laughs> so here, here's the thing, though. If you're presented overly obnoxious and then in our face too much, there's always a pushback. 
You know, I mean, think of it, people. How many people have you been in their life where there's been a guy who's like, oh, man, don't you just love so-and-so? He's so cool. And in your head, you're like, fuck that guy. I don't like that guy at all. Only because everyone else likes him. Or it comes around to the part where everyone dislikes him because, like Cody, he keeps just throwing his face out there. Now, Cody's talented. There's not a lot of wrestlers who can do the stuff that he does. And he can command an audience. But there is going to come a point in any kind of presentation where oversaturation just is too much there may he runs that risk of of becoming the x-pac you know x-pac was a guy who was pretty talented okay he did a lot of things nobody could do but he was so presented in a way it came to the point where you didn't hate him because he made you mad you didn't hate him because he was a bad character you hated him because he was wasting your time on tv and you'd rather just turn it off and that's what tongue callous oh god yes god yes so in my opinion, Cody runs at risk. Now, I sent this out there. This week's Elite Delete, and he's right. It's kind of unfairly worded. My whole idea, though, was to kind of get a gauge of what people's first gut reaction is. You know, nobody here believes that Cody Rhodes is going to be demoted to, uh, um, what's the what's their B show called? Uh, Dark. Dark or something like that. Yeah. No, we don't believe that. But I would just throw it out there as a barometer to see. If, if it's only us, and it might be, and, and according to these numbers, apparently it is just us who uh, comment on these shows, because 99% of you said he was elite, wow. and only 1% elite, wow. so I'm having a bad feeling that 1% is all the members of the WPOV network. I thought it was going to be 1%, 1, 2, 3... But this is what I'm saying by the wording, though, is that, you know, mm-hmm. if I had to pick elite or delete, I would still say elite. Oh, yeah. But I was just, I just wanted a barometer to see if people had, because my my whole idea was if people were sick of his shit enough, they just might delete for now. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. You don't think it through. It's just the gut reaction, you know? Yeah. So he hasn't hit that saturation point. I think that we're going to be rerunning this question probably in like six to eight months or a year from now to see if the barometer has changed. And it just might. Okay. So uh, let's take a look at some of these comments we got here. Um, you have any setup, uh, Elio? I do. Okay, why don't you read us off one? <clears throat> okay, so Richard Wallace says, "A poor man's Jeff Jarrett." Wow. Ooh, you you know I can see that though. I can see that, right? Uh, Dial Lemon says, "As long as Cody's in charge, his friends will be working." Ow, ow! <laughs> I'm not sure what Raymond Hosking meant by Dustin, rest in peace. <laughs> I think that's where I come in. That's not what okay. you're asking. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, any anything else? I, I'm. No, everything else is just two deletes and uh, one says elite. Okay, so that was our barometer test. We'll revisit this down the road because I don't see it changing anytime. I mean, he's already got his fingers in a lot of weird things, although. I want to give a quick prop to this week's. I actually enjoyed the fact of giving some young guys, up-and-comers, a bit of a shine, which we'll get into. Well, you know what, though? In less than nine months, we'll probably see a little less of them. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Very brilliant, Andy, very brilliant. All you single guys out there who ran away from your girlfriends have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) Those of you who hung around, you you probably have a good idea. All right, uh, before we get into uh, AEW's Dynamite. Um, I did notice, Andy, 
that, and I'm challenging Andy this week. He is not going to challenge. He's not going to challenge uh, Don Callis. He is going or Don Callis. Oh my God, <laughs> Don, uh, Don West. Instead, I'm going to challenge him to Uh-oh. channel someone else. Channel and someone let's do else. a promo on T-shirts for WPOV wrestling. <sighs> Just like that, hey? You are Can a wrestler, I... and they throw a mic in your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, no, I just about want to... Wrestling fans want you to know. Freak out, freak out, freak out. The ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh-huh. Backslash Wrestling POV. Dig it. Uh-huh. Best t-shirts. Brother, let me tell you, the madness, the madness is going to eclipse the Hulkamania. It's going to eclipse the Rick Serrano mania. It's going to eclipse, it's going to eclipse the natural disasters. No way. I'm saying, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'll tell you this, though. The wrestling POV t-shirts, they're good for your hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nia Jax, not so much. Don't worry, Nia, the cream rises to the top. Uh-huh. That's why 1995 US. Mm-hmm. Get yourself one of the cool one, two, three, four, not the four horsemen. Uh-oh, Ric Flair, beat him. Tully Blanchard, never fought him. Would have beat him. Arn Anderson, beat him. Lex Luger, Barry Windham, take your pick. Mongo. Beat him. Uh huh. Anyways, back to the fact, Jack. Listen to the macho man when I tell you wrestling POV. Get your t shirt today. Uh huh. Dig it. I am in awe. I think my brother's here. I think your brother's jealous as hell. (laughs) I think I'm done done for the night. (laughs) (laughs) Andy? That was that was some brilliant stuff. Brilliant off stuff. The, off the cuff, but it's... off the cuff. That that's a wrestler. For that's you. an they, A they plus. Didn't give the, yes. Now, if Elio had done that, it would have been an F. Anyhow, um, <laughs> it my voice would be destroyed. Anyhow, and you know what, fans, you are listening to WPOV Global, one of the many shows on the WPOV Wrestling Network. Global, hosted by me. Uh, <laughs> Looking at them, and I forget their names. Oh, TJ Logan forgetting himself doesn't know. Okay, okay, you're right, you're right. Okay, uh, the Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson, and uh, the traitorous Kerr, Elio Canella. Uh, we host this show. I don't think show. that applies anymore. It always applies. I think I'm now the Macho Wolf. <laughs> the Macho Wolf. <laughs> the best hole in. The- Anyways, um. <laughs> You can find our show every, uh, what the hell day is it? Friday. (laughs) Well, I'm so well prepared for this. I'm just in awe of Andy over here. Okay. You can find us every Friday on uh, various streaming networks. You can also find WPOV Wrestling every Saturday where we have uh, Rick Serrano III, Tony Diaz. And you know what? Elio got bounced out because of his bullshit. And inside (laughs) we have the new replacement, Clay Cummings, will now be uh, joining their show. Uh, also, every Tuesday, WPOV Quarantine, where all the global boys get together. We get some guests in here, and we talk some serious, cool wrestling. Got to tell you, Andy, I'm not going to tell people just in case things don't fall through, but I am super excited about the next episode. It's one of, the few, one of the few times I'm actually doing, like, research, like a lot yeah, of research. Yeah, a little more before, too. Th- we yeah. got, like, our hands on a, on a treasure trove, and we better not I was doing mine. I was doing research earlier today, listening to some stuff. Watching porn is not doing research, Elio. I don't know where the hell you got that. I don't know where you get your information. 
from your screenshots, you weirdo. Anyhow, you can find every Tuesday that show. And we have a fourth show called WPOV Aftermath, which uh, appears after every big uh, major WWE pay-per-view. And if, if AEW ever gets to have good pay-per-views, maybe we'll do one. Who knows? As long as they ain't like beach bash bullshit. I got to tell you guys, I, I think I didn't mean to pl- do this, but I am so glad that I didn't have to do last week's show because the highlights I saw about it were absolute crap. They were not too high. <laughs> oh, my God. And that wedding thing was some of the worst uh... crap in the, the bundle of crap. But anyhow, we're going to get started here. Let's get into AEW. I know my age. That's right. All right. So we start off the show. Uh, first thing I want to say before we, we get into the action, find it hilarious that all three of the uh, commentators, Excalibur, uh, JR, and uh, Tony Giovanni, are all wearing cheap-ass um, vests with AEW things on them. All three of them, whatever various things they're wearing, are cold enough to be wearing these stupid old Navy <laughs> embroidered things. So anyways, uh, we open up with Darby Allen. Uh, putting his belt up against Joey Janela. Okay. Uh, First things, some notes I did take about this, okay? I found it funny that uh, Joey Janela kind of reminds me, and this is for old WCW fans, if you just look at him quickly, he looks like Lash LaRue and all those WCW, (laughs) not very good mid, well, all these mid heavyweights that weren't high flyers, that all look like Jericho, kind of chubby with curly, greasy, long hair, and so interchangeable. And you got to know that Janela isn't that big when he was almost the same size as Darby Allen, who we've already determined is a pretty small guy. So that threw me. Uh, one thing, too, Darby Allen's makeup, way better choice. He doesn't look like the turtle boy. Having him have it come down to his chest, do the outline thing, didn't make it look so ridiculous as it has been in the past. So I'm going to give him props for that, Okay. Uh, this match, however, boy, it seemed to lack excitement, despite the fact that they did some kind of cool moves. They're just, for me, it just felt kind of flat. Uh, you know, uh, Darby gets this great cold red avalanche move off the thing, which should have looked spectacular, but it came off flat. Um, this whole match, you know, in the end, uh, Darby gets the win uh, with the coffin drop and, uh, I don't know. Flat opening for me. Andy, you got anything on this one? I've got a few notes here. Uh, so by my score, mm-hmm. this is the second time that he has defended the TNT title. Yeah, it's not very many wow. since he's won this thing. No. What, who did we say? Who was this first? Because it was a big deal when it was this. Was it Ricky Starks or something? Or Yeah, it was one of ago. the... It yeah, was... one of Team Taz? No, no, it was... Uh, oh, Brian Cage? Oh, Brian Cage, Cage. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah Cage. That was his first home defense. Even though he's won it for a couple months, he's got the Brock Lesnar thing going on. Uh, So his second title defense, which made me chuckle when uh, I think it was Shivani says, uh, it's one of the top prizes in all of pro wrestling. (laughs) I understand trying to hype your championship, but (laughs) let's try and keep the suspension of disbelief a little more believable. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny, like you said, you know, it seemed kind of flat. They definitely had the crowd into it. I mean, I, not that it was necessarily because of the match, but I mean, the crowd noise was definitely there. So that was something that I picked up on. Uh, I thought it was a decent back and forth match. Uh, it's funny that you make those 
comparisons with Joey Janela and kind of Lash LaRue, I always kind of saw him, especially when he had some of his other sunglasses, as a uh, an earlier Diamond Dallas Page. A very small Diamond Dallas Yes. Oh, yeah. oh definitely, definitely. <laughs> but but again, like the curly hair and yeah. just kind of that, that look. And yeah. um, that, you know, like before he, I mean, he's always kind of been DDP, but like before he became the really, you know, the, yeah. the much improved DDP. Um, yeah, it, it. I wouldn't say it was flat, but it, it was it was a decent match. But again, with with Darby Allen, he's gonna have to work, you know, two or three times as hard to get me to, you know, give it a good thumbs up for for one of his matches. So. Now, I did notice on my notes I forgot to mention one thing, and I thought for sure you were gonna pick that up, Andy. I find it extremely annoying how Jr. keeps saying he's the enigmatic one, or using that word, considering that we've all painted Jeff Hardy with that for years yeah. through many promotions, that. I don't know. It's it's it would be like calling, you know, like, oh, Dustin's the macho man now, you know, like you can't steal somebody's Cody is like the cerebral assassin. Yeah. You know, like something that's been so attached to someone. So I find it annoying because he did at least twice during this match where he called them the enigmatic one or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, he's not. Yeah. And and I know we've brought that up before on several, several occasions. (laughs) So to me, it's it's I think I'm just kind of numb to it now. Yeah, it just still annoys me. Maybe I'll get numb to it too. I will, you know. But it's just still. I just it's it's lazy, yeah. creatively lazy. Elio, what did you think of this match? Uh, for me, this uh, it wasn't a bad opener, but uh, it was just okay. It was an average match for me. Okay, all right. So um, uh, we we find out. Okay, and this is where I saw this guys when they showed Kenta attacking Moxie last week. Yep. That is by far the shittiest go to sleep I have ever <laughs> seen. And I've seen many go to sleeps. Mox did not take it well. Oh, that was horrible. That was right on with uh, Snoop Dogg doing a splash. It, wow. it was really, no, it was really, in, did you notice that? Like, not even yeah, close. Yeah. Oh, it was just so bad. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan. Um, then we did a, a, pro, a, a Moxley promo, which I'm going to say was a bit of a step back for me because. It lacked the intensity versus the last time we've seen him, he did that kind of insider witty thing. This kind of fell in between them. So it, it neither came off as intense, nor did it come off as witty. It just sort of came through uh, pushing the match for tonight through the motion sort of thing. I don't know. How did you read that one, Andy? I had a hard time reading it because I was getting seasick watching it. Yes. Did you notice the camera just kept going yep. back and forth? It's almost like Darby Allen was recording and he was on his skateboard, just kind of like rocking back and forth. Wasn't and there I, somebody in a skateboard behind him? There was something going there, on. There might have been, I don't know. I, I had a hard time focusing. Uh, I know sometimes, you know, cameramen for effects, they'll, they'll do yeah. different kind of movement. But at least if it's kind of like at a, more of an angle, this just seemed to just go back and forth. And like I felt like I was on a cruise ship. Yeah, that bothers me. The the cameras, especially yeah. when, when they're doing the match and the, all the other all different oh. camera changes it's just it's oh. yeah it's, it's always that's always frustrating me wwe can be really bad for that sometimes but uh, i found it really noticeable here at the promo and that was it was just um it the, the promo was okay but i it really lost me that's almost mm-hmm. like the equivalent of like bad audio which thankfully there was none of today but yes i was no, getting not one, not one of those better ones no and I'm, I'm glad you guys brought that up because uh I was concentrating so hard on the words. I couldn't understand why I was, I was having a hard time with it. I didn't really notice the thing because it was too much ingrained in there. And it's like, that what makes sense. No wonder I struggled so hard to read his words coming out 
because the camera was obviously distracting me on another angle. So, yeah. like, you know, wow. Yeah, that's that's some shitty stuff. I mean, I, I used to hate in the old days. Remember when the ECW used to have its TV show and they do those horrible yeah. kind of crash camera things into you and try all this fucking spin the camera around crap. And after a while, it just became like being on a ride where you just didn't care. You just kind of blanked it out. So what was the point of doing it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, not as great as thing. Uh, okay, this is where... I really want somebody to explain the logic of what this, of, of what was possibly going on here. Sammy wa- Guevara walks over, he brings a cameraman with him, walks into the inner circles room, kicks everybody out but MJF. Him and MJF start talking. MJF pulls his phone out, puts it down, which should have been, as soon as he did that, as like, yeah. okay, he's either going to record it or hit him with the phone or something, right? Yeah. So this starts, he starts backtracking Guevara and kind of tricks Guevara into saying, um I hate, I hate i hate jericho i hate yeah. the inner circle i like, want to take want over to say? Yeah. yeah so then he realizes uh max kind of laughs picks up his phone goes just what i wanted you to say Guevara freaks out smashes the phone then gives him a gut punch and walks out <laughs> okay now we'll get on the gut punch later but let's just backtrack here the logic of what just happened here okay sammy Guevara brought a cameraman in so that everyone can see what's going on. Yet we're supposed to believe Max is stupid enough to think that he could trick on the camera as we can see yeah. that he's being tricked to say a few words that he's obviously going to edit later to give to Chris Jericho. Hell yeah, punch him in the stomach for being stupid. <laughs> I don't get it. What the hell was that even supposed to be? Yep. And we have established how many times has Chris Jericho said, well, you know, I'm not dumb. I watched last week's show. Yeah. Unlike Raw, where nobody ever watches what happens. No. <laughs> Chris Jericho actually watches this shit, so I'm not. Did did uh, did Sammy take or not Sammy? Did MJF take a stupid pill here and just? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, whoever I wrote, know, whoever, wrote, I, I, whoever I wrote the segment took a stupid pill. <laughs> all, I know, all I know is I, I laughed as soon as uh, MJF went down. <laughs> like one punch. But that's oh awesome because at least with, like okay, like at least with that we know. You know, I mean all wrestling work aside mm-hmm. we know that he was working it right like he it's it's that's just him playing like it just you know it's like oh yeah he like broke my because then when it later when he goes to talk to jericho <laughs> with those guys yeah. he, i think he broke my ribs and he's taped yeah. so i mean he's still showing how valiant he is that he's doing this despite the fact he was assaulted by sammy yeah i mean you know clearly it was just like one gut punch like no you know all due respect yeah. to sammy, but that's just and, that's and more just an help- mjf than how brilliant is MJF when he knows Jericho watches the show and he's still got one punch to the stomach and yet he's going to come out and play that he has broken ribs? Like, yeah. Come on, man. Just bad writing. Okay, let, let's go on. Um, it kind of cancelled itself out if you think about it. I mean, like, but, but I mean, no, no, but, but I'm saying cancelling out in terms of there was no purpose to the segment because if the whole thing was to, oh, I'm going to take him into recording, yet we've got <laughs> cameraman there yeah like and it's not even the you know especially when you acknowledge that you're bringing the cameraman in it's one thing when you've got the gtv like back in the gold yeah. dust days we've yeah. got somebody else you know and you have to have the camera there to catch the action to kind of help you know move the story along but mm-hmm. this one you're actually saying like cameraman come here we're acknowledging there's a cameraman you know okay in the locker room so it, that's why canceling it so this is what I'm going to say right here, okay, Elio? Yeah. I want you to get the book opened up, okay? Oh. 
Okay. And this is this what we're going to do here. We're not putting something in the book. We have the book open till next week. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if next week's episode, Chris Jericho doesn't acknowledge that he saw Sammy Guevara or saw what MJF was doing because it was all we saw it. Yeah. And it was on the show. If if Chris sees this, then we close the book. And he, and he does something about it. But if he just goes through next week where he didn't want all of a sudden all the stuff and he still believe in the taped ribs bullshit and stuff, then it goes in the book because that is poor writing because we've already established through the show many times that Chris Jericho goes back and watches the show. And we've seen it all fold out. And if he's still buddy buddies with MJF next week, it means he's the writing is just incredibly stupid yeah. and it had been good. So we'll keep, we're going to cue that up okay. for next week. Okay. We'll revisit that next week. All right. So Cody's elaborate entrance. Once again, it came up <laughs> slightly different. I thought, Oh, maybe this won't be so horrible. No, it became a giant entrance after he got out. Um, this time he's teaming up with Lee Johnson to take on pretty Peter Avalon and Cesar Benoni. Benoni. Yeah. Now, Cesar Benoni, I do recognize him from before in NXT. He was one of those guys a couple of years ago. He's definitely uh, was let go at the beginning of the pandemic stuff. Um, why in the hell is he pe pretty Peter Avalon? He doesn't do anything that's pretty. Like, he doesn't do any of those tropes that a wrestling guy does, except he has a bat at the side of the ring. He wears a robe and has a ponytail. <laughs> Oh my God! So does half the wrestlers in the WWE wear robes and have ponytails. <laughs> and they're all I, pretty in their own right. Yeah, but I mean, it's such a lame character. This pretty Peter. At least go the full way. Even Rick Serrano mentioned this. Wear some colors that are slightly effeminate and outrageous. Or Do the whole bit. Yeah. yeah. Do something more than just be. And let's face it. Oh my God, that is one skinny, awkward-looking dude in there compared to the rest of those wrestlers. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> i get he's talented and you can see that he knows his stuff yeah but man his body shape in in that division it does not look good it's not a good fit he looks he looks so out of place he looks like the guy who's going to eat the pin every single time and which, by the way which he did in this match um lee johnson uh interesting uh i believe going into this his record was something like oh and 56 on dark Something like that, yeah. This was his first win. Uh, kind of weird how they... I, I get you getting your first win, it's cool, but it just seems so staged when everybody just came out, his trainers are all standing there. and Okay, <laughs> seems a little bit of an overkill for your very first win. Nobody else yeah. got that on their first wins. But uh, I'm going to say uh, I actually enjoy this kind of match to see a chance. I mean, what other chances are you going to get Cesar Vinoni and uh, Lee Johnson to get a, a bit of a shine here, a bit of a look at. And uh, I, I thought it was an, an okay match. Um, Lee Johnson, I think he's a little small, but he does seem to have some charisma. I'll give him that. Uh, his mic work definitely needs some work. Yep. But uh, which surprises me that they would put him on the big show here so quickly. But uh, what did you think of this whole thing, Andy? Uh, pretty much what you said. I don't think I have too much more to add. Uh, it was an okay match to me. It felt like it was, it was actually like the whole match itself was a platform for Lee Johnson, mm -hmm. even more than, you know, pretty 
Pretty Peter. Pretty Peter. <laughs> Look at his pretty and, Peter. Uh, <laughs> pretty Peter and uh, Cesar. I mean, they were there and, you know, they, they got a little bit. But to me, this was this match was a, a platform for, for Lee Johnson. I thought he did all right. Um, you know, Cody did some stuff, but didn't wasn't too overbearing in the match, which was nice. But yeah, um, obviously still work to be done. Mm-hmm. The, the, the mic afterwards, that just seems to be a common thing with AEW. And uh, it's, to me, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because, you know, you're, you're giving these guys, it's, you know, you talk about creating opportunities and giving opportunities. And that's cool when you get some positives and some breakthroughs. But most of the time for what we see when, you know, kind of the, the, I don't want to say lesser talent, but unknown talent mm-hmm. gets that opportunity. Uh, th- there's nobody breaking through or shining out, like shining through, like mm-hmm. Lee Johnson didn't, uh, you know, like Jade, obviously not, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it just, I don't know. And, and to me, I think it just kind of, I, I hesitate to say it hurts the overall product because I, I want to find a better way to say it. But mm-hmm. to me, it does. It's just, that just kind of gives it the, the less polished, uh, kind of more indie-rific feel to a lot of what goes on there. I think you're forgetting about the biggest uh, AEW dark breakout star they've had in a while right now. Any ideas? Yes, yes I, I've, I've forgotten who you're talking about. Who's that? Red Velvet. Red Velvet. <laughs> no, I'm oh. kidding. I'm just being a dick. Sorry. <laughs> I honestly, I probably, if you'd given me like 10 guesses, I probably wouldn't have picked Red Velvet. What did you think, Elio? What did you think of this kind of match? Oh, oh was that, I was fine with this match. It was like, you can see Scissor Baroni and um, mm-hmm. Lee Johnson. Um, yeah, but I, afterwards, uh, on the, he, he really needs to work on his mic skills. Uh, one thing I also want to point out. Uh, the Caesar Benoni, I probably I don't know if I'm saying his name wrong, but, yeah, but that's uh, his name, yeah. Benoni, okay, yeah. He is a big dude, a very big, impressive-looking dude, who's had at least three years in the WWE, in NXT development, and he is very awkward and very not smooth whatsoever in the ring. I don't know if you guys saw his footwork in there a lot. How much hesitation he had to do to not trip over somebody. He was he needs a lot of work, and. It's too bad he has a great look. God, I hope he doesn't get pushed to the stars like Hobbs did out of nowhere. You know, at least Hobbs has some stuff going for him. This guy is big. He would be awesome if he could just move and run the ropes properly and have the basics down. He would be a great guy, you know, a mid-level monster. Especially on on Dark Guy when he... Mm -hmm. When he had that stupid walk off, whatever thing he yeah. and he attacked uh, Johnson, it was just really awkward the way he just like went after him. Yeah, he, he just he really, you know, you look at some of the people they brought up and they've had some limited NXT experience, you know, and I'm not bringing her up just because uh, I'm in love with her, but uh, Taya Conti, uh, you can see that she's has some good training in her. She doesn't have a lot of wrestling in it, but she she moves like a wrestler. This dude looks like a great wrestler, and he moves like he doesn't know how to wrestle. So I really hope this guy, I hope it comes together. But it, it makes me a little bit leery when you've been that long in NXT and you're still performing at this level. That makes That's me think why he may- he's not at NXT. Yeah. Game. And it tells you he probably will never make it to the main roster of AEW, you know, maybe as a squash in this sort of thing, but he's definitely not going to be a player unless he can get some stuff together. Um, 
So uh, a quick question. Uh, they showed uh, Arn Anderson's son, who um, I, I think it was Tony Schiavone said he looks like a mixture of Ole and Arn Anderson, <laughs> which he you, does. He, he kind of does, but it's a, it's it's also super funny that Ole and Arn Anderson aren't even related. No, <laughs> they were just guys who vaguely looked alike. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, and now I guess they said he's training, right? He, he wants to that, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that he wants to be. I really hope they don't take the uh, Taz's son route. Because yes. <laughs> yes, there's a already pushback from what we see from that. Uh, all right, so uh, let's go into, uh, we go backstage with the Young Bucks talking about the Battle Royal. The Good Brothers come in. My God, for guys who have worked together, this felt super awkward and super like they had no idea how to really interact with each other because it seemed like they were on different, totally different planets trying to interact here. And, um, I, and for some, I don't know how, and, and I don't know the understand the game of, uh, the good brothers because the young bucks were very clear that they wanted to win to give the good brothers a chance so they could have this cool match. Yeah. The good brothers who obviously would love to be the champions on AEW, way bigger pay up, way better exposure, yep. somehow convinced the young bucks to put the belts up against Ortiz and Santana. I, I I'm not sure. I, I would ask the logic in this, but I don't think there is any kind of logic whatsoever to be had in this whole story thing. So I just kind of pulled away with this. I don't know. All I could. Oh, and what was this whole stuff with the, the too sweet thing? Uh, one, Matt Jackson did not want to do it because Sting was standing over there and I loved how um, Doc Gallows was like wow he's black he's black and red so you know what Young Bucks maybe you guys shouldn't try and act because you're just acting is very confusing and way off the mark because I got to tell you I had no idea what either of you were trying to put across in this at first i thought you were mad about something then it was a very confusing mad at the end and and the one didn't want to talk to sting and i yeah i don't like this segment i just uh, i just don't get this whole uh good brothers uh young bucks storyline it's like they're trying to be friends with these guys yet at the same time they're they're playing this game with the yeah. uh, young bucks and not a very good game so yeah so i don't i don't get what's What's going on there? It's the next level for the Young Bucks. Are they faces or are they heels? <laughs> does this story make sense or does it not make sense? Well, let's always it, go with not. Yeah, it, it, it to me, it mm-hmm. felt though like the Young Bucks were trying to be the more serious ones about it. Mm-hmm. And the Good Brothers were just being too goofy, too insider, too Yeah, too much. Like, like the Good Brothers already have a championship match on Saturday at No Surrender. Yeah. Against Private Party and James Storm and Chris Saban. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, this was not a very good fit promo. Once again, the book, have you guys, have you ever seen, honestly, a Young Bucks promo that didn't come off as ridiculous or awkward? These guys are very bad at it. They're good wrestlers, okay? I know we have problems with their matches, but they do some good stuff and they're, they're athletic. You know, I got to yeah. give them that. But they are not good actors. They are not good interviews that is definitely a weak spot that maybe hire a manager guys i don't know <laughs> father james mitchell 
Right there. No, oh, Father no, James Mitchell. No, no. There's the fit. The only no. reason I would support that decision would just be to have James Mitchell on and then have Elio go off on him every week. Yeah, that's that's all I'm pushing for, too. Let's write in. Let's write the yeah. league. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, moving on. Talking about bad, awkward acting. Let's continue yeah. the trend. With Hangman Adam Page, who, when he does this drinking stuff, is... It's just dumb. But so he's backstage. Uh, then Matt Hardy, who I gotta give him credit, he he does the best Don, Don Callis imitations I've ever seen. Yeah, but, okay, you know what though? It's funny you say that, but like uh-huh. to me, I don't know. It's, it's like Matt's being slimy. And it's it's to me, it, it's more that natural. It's like, oh no, like Paige, like don't do it. And you know what's going on with private party. But like I said, Don Callis to me is just go away. Yeah. At yeah. least with Matt, it's like, I don't, you know, it's like, I, it's like the heat. I don't, you know, I, ugh, I don't like the character. He's greasy. He's slimy. But yeah. you can appreciate the evilness. But you can appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Dawn is just, ugh. Get a lot of our TV. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Dasha comes back. Adam Page is standing there talking about his tag team thing. Um, she says, well, you guys won a thing. You won one match. Do you, you should create a tag team forever. Um, well, <laughs> Matt that, Hardy. That's the, same, that's the same vein as, hey, Lee Johnson wins. Let's get the whole family out. Yeah. <laughs> Big things happen after one after first wins. So I was very impressed that just like a snail in a in a, 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 a trail of slime comes cuts across our screen, and there's Matt Hardy. And he decides uh, that he wants to take out Adam Page for a celebration where he's going to pay for all the booze. And just see them. Just see them. He got a whole bar. Yeah. Is that what he said? He got the yep. bar or something yep. like that? Yeah. So, of course, Adam Page, uh, thinking with his liver, was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm in. You know, this, will, yeah, this, will, this will save, you know, half a month of rent. So uh, <laughs> then he goes around the corner, and I don't know – I'm not sure how I feel about this, guys. Maybe you guys tell me how you feel. Part of me liked it. Part of me thought it was ridiculous. He runs in to the Dark Order, who are all playing it like, you know, girls that got dumped just just after a prom. Oh, oh hey, man. Oh, hey, man. How's it going? Yeah, it's good to see you. We're just heading off this way. <laughs> all 12 of them apparently are all like, oh, even Anna Jay, who's got the sad, weepy look in her face. Colt Cabana looks like he's crying into his headband. And I'm just like... Part of me liked it because at least they addressed the situation. Yeah. But really, what was the chances ever that he was going to bump into all 12 of them? Going <laughs> off to a bar. Awkward segment. Um, Andy, what's your read right. on this? Yeah, the other funny part, if I recall correctly, though, was uh, when, they were, when Matt was kind of finalizing things, I didn't page kind of like, oh, yeah, I just got to go get my phone. And then he did the thing where he walked away and then he pulled his phone out. Yes. So yes. I thought that was like that was that was. I mean, that was good because that's the, you know, the, the you know, the, the, that he's not totally stupid, right? <laughs> At the, yeah, he's yeah. That's the uh, the, the get out. The uh, I can't think of what I want to say, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, he knows um, what's going on a little more than he's pretending. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, I, I appreciated that. I mean, and hey, if the young bucks and the good brothers can do a promo <laughs> and Sting is just outside a camera. It's entirely possible for the Dark Order to kind of be, you know, like you said, like the uh, the, the 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 jilted uh, ex girlfriend or whatever. He I still mean, likes the guy. He still <laughs> likes the guy. So it does make sense that they would kind of be hanging around where Adam Page would be. So <laughs> it just seems so weirdly awkward just walking through the entirety of them, and they all look like they were on the verge of tears. Yeah. Oh, Adam. <laughs> Jesus, guys. <laughs> 
Uh, why do they even want him? Like, I don't understand <laughs> it. Because he's one of the hottest free agents. He's Hangman Adam Page. Oh, God. <laughs> he's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. Okay. And he got those great shirts you love. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Coming in next, we have the Bastard Talk. Um, taking on the Hollywood hunk. That seems like something you would try and say, Elio. Anyway, the Hollywood I'm hunk. Thinking. Ryan Nemeth? Yep. Nemeth, yeah. Baby Dolph. Baby Dolph. Dolph Ziggler. Is, is, he, is he the younger or older brother of Dolph Ziggler? I, I never actually knew that. Okay, I, I wasn't sure. He looks older. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so uh, he pretty much comes out for Pac to kick the living snot out of. Because that's what happens here. Pac kicks the living snot out of this guy. Um, you know what? You were you were suggesting. You know what? I think next week let's let's throw the fans out there, see what they're thinking about Ryan uh, Nemeth. Uh, we're going to do him in as elite or delete, and let's try and always clarify, people. Elite and delete means at this moment. Do you think this guy is a guy that at, the, at what you've seen now should be uh, groomed to go higher up the card, or maybe needs to be sent down to dark to to get a little more seasoning and training? Okay? He is the younger. He is in fact the younger brother. He is okay. I wasn't sure because he looks. He looks older. My yeah. goodness, he looks a lot older facially. Um, like I said, this was definitely a squash match. Uh, it looked great for Pac. For Pac, he yep. needed this. Okay, mm-hmm. did not look so good for Ryan Nemeth. There's, this is where Peter Avalon should have been in, or Caesar Benoni, yeah. or somebody. You know, I mean, if they've been trying to get this uh, Hollywood hunk guy up, this was a misstep because it just undressed him badly. Um, oh, I forgot to mention one of the notes I was just looking at. I totally, Andy, I know even yes. whatever you think of the wrestler, how about in the very first match, Darby Allen taking that ridiculous apron uh, uh, spot? What? Yes, was, I know what you're talking about early on. Yeah. Ooh, nope. That was not pretty. What did that add to the match? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> this has become the trend day this in the last six months is like how many ridiculous horrible i mean this is going to be reduced to somebody getting their butthole ripped screaming my hole and nash point sec that did happen anyhow you know uh-huh. what we're getting. <laughs> oh. oh, the hole gets hurt here oh. than when it started brother oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow where did that come from okay so uh, yeah, good. What did you think of the pack match, Pac match, the bastard match, whatever you want to call it? I, bastard Pac. You know what? You said it was. You know, it was a. It was. It was a good match for for Pac. Just uh, not that he needs to get over, but it, it, it was a squash match, and it actually surprised me because with the little bit of, I don't know, it felt like it was a little bit of a push for for Ryan Nemeth last week, mm-hmm. and then for I, was he the Hollywood hunk last week too? I don't think no, so. No, this was a, this is the the first day of that moniker. I'm sure. <laughs> so we'll give you a brand new name <laughs> and let's and kill then you. Squash you. <laughs> that to me makes no no sense. I mean, what do I know? I'm sitting here in a podcast. I'm not sitting in Jacksonville, Florida, helping mm-hmm. book stuff. But I just that made no sense to me, and that, like that's why I was surprised. You know, getting the little the Hollywood hunk. I thought, okay, well, you know. Maybe not a 50-50, but I was expecting maybe 70-30. I was expecting him to get yeah. all, get in more than he did. Yeah, he did not get much in at all. No, no. Like I, I, As I was watching, I'm like, this is a squash match. And that's what it was. So good for Pac and uh, Ryan Nemeth, not so much. Uh, what do you think, Elio? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, for me, I didn't, I didn't really like this match. Uh, for Puck, it was good for Puck uh, because he like destroyed uh, Ryan Nemeth. But again, I'm not seeing anything here with this guy. Okay. Yeah. It's making, and how can you? 
if you're going to introduce them, give them a name and then yep. squash them. <laughs> uh, also, I want to quickly point out from my notes, one of the most awkward moments of this entire night happened was, I don't know why they didn't talk about this or if he forgot about it, but as uh, Pac is celebrating, out comes Felix, who decides to, Phoenix tries to put him on his shoulders or something, and it looked like the most awkward, angrily... <laughs> <laughs> move you've seen uh Pac looked extremely pissed <laughs> and very unbalanced trying yes. to get up on this thing yes. it was for guys who do all these great uh off the rope walking blah blah, blah that was awkwardly bad <laughs> since it wasn't even well when, it, when it's a shoot and you don't know it's coming and you're not prepared to go with it and work with it that's what happens yeah pretty bad um, so then, uh, I thought the John Moxley recap of, uh, go to sleep was shit, but then came the wedding and wow, guys, this was, My beer. <laughs> um, however, I have to give small props to the little package of Miro, um, Penelope and Kip Sabian yep, yep. that the three of them recapping it was actually pretty coolly well done and built into the fact that Miro is going to go after Orange Cassidy now. Okay. So that I like, but watching the actual footage from what had happened, oh my God, was that bad. I mean, the only saving grace, the only thing that made this anything human was... Was me tearing it apart. Father James Mitchell. Amen. And we have to get more of this guy on AEW and Impact. Right, just so my blood pressure can go high. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you betray your global brothers. They wish the worst for you. Uh, No, Father James Mitchell sucks. I've never liked that dude. Um... (laughs) I, I don't usually get as worked up anywhere as Elio does. That was one of the best things ever for like the WPOV. Just it was amazing. It was. I I listened. Um, all right, so we go back to. Uh, okay, we go, we're backstage with the Inner Circle and Dasha. Uh, everyone's lining up, except uh, Sammy. You know, Dasha says, "Where is everybody?" You know, some people are missing here, uh, and then MJF comes out. Looking like he got beaten with a two by four, okay? Like awesome. you know, that was awesome. ribs taped up. He's yeah. talking about how Sammy hit him so hard in the chest that he think he broke his rib. All right, let's see if you watch watch the episode, Jericho. We're gonna be yeah. Anyhow, um, so then Jericho is like, "What? What? That can't be! What? What?" <laughs> Which has been his character when it comes to Sammy and MJF. It's he turns into the what? Huh? Where? Huh? I don't. What? <laughs> I'm not sure why he does that, but anyways. So they go out, and I gotta say, is that is is um is Judas losing its effect because the fans really did not. I mean, it seemed in the end they were doing it, but it seemed the, probably the least outgoing of this song that I've seen for an entrance for a while. You know, uh, I think it's just there and it just they, they have to do it because I think to stop doing it mm-hmm. will look bad. We'll and look I got worse. in your opinion, Andy, when yeah. Jericho is out there and he's like taking it in. Right. Yeah. You think he's actually taking it in for real or is he playing the part of the over arrogant heel? Because I would I don't know. Sometimes I think, OK, he's playing the heel. But then I'm like, think 
Well, is his ego that big that he's really like buying that these people are singing his song and he's so? I I hope he's playing the part. Yeah, I hope he is too. But what do you think he's doing? (sighs) I think he's playing the part. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Sorry to throw you on the ropes like that. No, 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 not at all. That's fine. I just like I hope he is, but like for his own sake. But I I think he is. Okay. Okay. Now, I got to say this, guys, the more I see these dudes, I like the acclaimed more and more of all these new teams that they're bringing out, like uh, Top Flight, who I I really do like uh, move wise. Uh, What's the what are the two guys, the party guys, private party? party. (laughs) Who are the guys, the party guys that are private? Well, I was going to call them the inner party, but I don't think they're the inner party. (laughs) Um, They're kind of eh. But there is something about the acclaimed because they have this hooky rap stuff, which is funny. They get in some good stuff. Like the, yeah. they said some funny stuff today on yeah. their thing. Um, but then these guys can actually wrestle. You let them go. There are actually a good tag team and they're two different guys with two styles that have meshed it. And that makes a much more interesting tag team than two guys who are exactly the same. So I have high hopes for these guys. I enjoyed them. You know, I still get a kick out of them using the old ghetto blaster to whack guys in the head. That's some yep. 80s crap right there. Loving it. Uh, all in all, this match was interesting. We had MJF just pathetically selling how hurt he was. Um, I actually thought near the end that uh, they claimed we're going to take this. I was like, whoa, they're going to let these guys go over. Uh, then Jake Hager, of course, uh, gets involved. And then one little tiny juice effect and it's over. But uh, I liked it. I, I, uh, I really hope that the story of the MJF, and we'll get to the after, after match in a second here, but the match itself, uh, I hope Jericho sees through this if he actually watches the show to progress the storyline a lot. And like I said, I thought the acclaimed, but the hard part about this I, I, I didn't like was this was an awkward matchup where the acclaimed are definitely bad guys. And MJF yeah. and Jericho are definitely bad guys. It's a heel-heel match. So yeah. it wasn't very clear who you should like in this. That makes the match a little uneven, I think. Uh, what did you feel, Andy? Uh, again, not too much to add from what you what you said. It, I thought it was an okay match. I thought the acclaimed had a good showing. Uh, one thing I noticed that's become commonplace, uh, I, I wrote it down as the Jericho formula. If you watch pretty much, I mean, and he's been mostly doing tags over the last little while. Every tag match starts off the same way where he's in at the beginning and the other team, both guys get like a decent amount of offense on him. You think that's a good thing as a, uh, is that like a cool thing as him as a veteran giving a sort of rub to guys? uh, I think that's the attempt, Mm -hmm. but to me, it just seems like they're just doing stuff to him. It's not, not like the babyface heel where they're outsmarting him or one-upping him. It's just they're just doing stuff. So to me, it, it doesn't. It, it, like I watch it, and it's just, oh yeah, Jericho's letting these guys do stuff. It's not, you know, they're one-upping him, they're outdoing him, they're outsmarting him, they're quicker. They're, you know, it's the whatever the typical babyface kind of thing of getting one over on the on the the face when you're getting a shine. It's just like I can see it's like, oh well, yeah, here you do this stuff on me that'll make you look good because you're beating up Chris Jericho. Yeah, like he's over promoting who yeah, he is. Yeah, and if you don't, to anybody listening, if you haven't noticed it, 
I challenge you, go back and watch her going forward, just watch. And, and that's almost every match. That's what happens. Yeah. It's all, all that initial shine is on Jericho, but it's not like they're outsmarting the legend. They're not outsmarting one of the greatest of all times. They're just, he's just letting them do stuff. Okay. So, I but, agree. Um, I see that. Um, yeah. It, like, I, like I said, it was, it was a good showing for everybody. Uh, I kind of wondered just because of Sam or because of uh, MGF being hurt, if that was going to kind of cost them the match, because then that's something else they could have blamed Sammy on. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it wasn't meant to be. And uh, yeah, it was decent. All right. Elio? <clears throat> yeah, so I like I like this match. Um, the acclaimed, when we saw these guys the first time, I was like, no, no, no. Now it's like, yes. So I like like their whole uh, character. Yeah. The rapping, uh, the hitting, using the ghetto blast. <laughs> That video they did too, that black and white little video where they were yep. making fun yep. of whoever that the really Young Bucks. That was when they were making fun of the Young yeah. Bucks. They really that, that really got them on a good path. I'd rather hear the rapping over mm-hmm. Judas. I'm getting I'm kind of done with Judas. Well, it seemed like uh when they used to do the Judas thing, the fans were into it. Yeah. Right? And you felt like they were into it even though they were having it up. Now it feels like they're kinda like yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's almost like a Goldberg chant. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic if you think about it going back. But yeah, I don't even sing along to Juice anymore. Oh, it's so to was, the, to the, to yeah. I'm just sitting there like, okay. Yeah, you know, today after this match, Elio is going to be find the MP3 of uh, the Acclaims uh, little verses. He's going to be playing that on a loop all day. <laughs> How do you know I don't already have it? The Acclaims greatest hits. <laughs> all two of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's three minutes of the. Anyways, um, okay. Uh, then finally, finally some progression in the Inner Circle story. Sammy Guevara comes out. And uh, everyone's all hostile a bit. They kind of, you know, they're all circling him. They're all being tough guys. Then when he quits, it's like they're all bending over and trying to kiss his ass to keep him there. Which I did, like, nope. Santana and Ortiz went from being very hostile to, what do you mean, man? What do you mean, you know? It was just weird. It looked like Jericho was in the corner there crying. It, it, yeah, like, Jericho <laughs> really, like, was taking this really badly. MJF is smirking at the camera. Yeah, he did a smirk, yeah. Yeah. And, uh... And to, to top it off, did you guys notice that Sammy, when he went to the back, stopped and then walked in the good guy's tunnel instead of where yeah, the bad did. guys come out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, obviously, I think that, to me, that really moved things along. And, uh, you know, I mean, they did a really quick dumb thing in the back with Alex Marvez. Like, what is with Alex Marvez? Why do they keep this guy? He never gets anything out of anybody. <laughs> Most times they just walk away or tell him to screw off or super kick him or something. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. I want to talk to the girl. Or smash his phone. (laughs) So what do you guys think of of the progression of this story of the inner circle, Andy? Finally. Thanks. Finally, something decent, something good. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay. No, we haven't touched on that yet. I was going to compare it to something else, but we haven't got there. Um, I, it was a little different because I, you know, I mean, I think especially for us, we were so much focused on Jericho and MJF. I mean, we knew there was the dissension there with Sammy, but to actually have him quit, I think kind of shifts the focus a bit and I like it. And it's finally something new that, uh, I mean, it, it's just, to me, it's been stale. So, you know, 
we've kind of been at a standstill with what's been going on. So the fact that uh, Sammy quote unquote quit, mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious to see where this is going to go. Excellent. That's good. Yeah. Elio, did this uh, segment do it for you? Yeah, it was uh, good to finally see something happening rather than uh, the same thing every week. Okay. So finally some progression in the story. All right. Well, in the uh, tradition of um, terrible setups, let's go now to Matt Hardy and Adam Page at a bar. Um, drinking. That's the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt convinces uh, Page that he can make him the number one person in the industry, a billionaire. Wow. Yes, that and was pulls, awesome. And he pulls, <laughs> he pulls out a contract where Paige would give him 30%. Ooh. Um, Paige thinks he's right, asks for it. Uh, then Matt, in probably would never happen anywhere in the world, <laughs> leans over and goes, hey, cameraman, I have you here so I can document even when he... Well, here's the thing, Matt. Uh, what you're documenting is you coerced a man by getting him drunk to sign an invalid contract. And uh, logic tells you if you record that and he takes that to court, your contract is gone quicker than you can, whatever. But hey, I guess we're supposed to forget the logic parts. <laughs> this, this is in the same vein that Sammy Guevara invites the cameraman in, but then MJF <laughs> uses the recorder his phone to record it because I got to make sure that I can trick you. Uh, although I, I will say, like, despite the, the just. <laughs> oh, the mind numbingness of that. Yeah. Again, to to speak to the Matt Hardy slimy character, the mm-hmm. point where it's like you know they they they, they have their drink, they want to do the shot, they let's toast to that, and then Matt does a thing where he turns around and in full you know right in front of the camera pours the drink out. Yeah. And then does the makes it like like to me like that's entertaining, good slimy heelness. Mm-hmm. Now you brought up the fo- the pa- the fact that when he went back and he said he had to go get his phone and then he already had his phone. Yep. I am convinced, and maybe I'm giving the AEW writers too much here, but I'm going to convinced here that something's going to be revealed next week where Adam Page didn't really sign that contract or he signed a fake name or something, and it's going to just lead to problems with him and uh, Hardy. Yeah. Well, if you saw if you saw like uh, when uh, Matt had his uh, back to. Adam Page had him took uh, took out a pen and uh, was writing on a paper, but he it wasn't the one that uh, Matt Hardy gave. Ah, so we're gonna see where this goes. But then again, we've seen some pretty bad writing this week from yeah. AEW. We may we may be one hundred percent wrong here. Um, all right, then we get to uh, Tony uh, is going to talk. To, I'm sure getting sick of how he talk, calls him Sting or, you know, it's just whatever. He's going to call, talk to the man called Sting. Um, Tony asks him what's on his mind. And before Sting can even say a word, Sting jumps on there. <laughs> now, okay, once again, logic here. We're going to get into some logic in a second here, guys. Uh, they show Taz says he's going to take a friend on a road passenger in a body bag. They cut to uh, a knocked out Darby Allen lying there. Then they proceed to drag him. Now, let's talk logic again, okay, by this sort of thing. And so we're supposed to believe that these guys aren't in jail at all for how dangerous this is to tie somebody to the back of a vehicle and drag them? I'm sorry, guys, but there's not even a rich promoter who could stop and say, oh, I'm sorry, my boys are sorry, they're not going to do it again. <laughs> this is just over-the-top stupid violence that just doesn't work. And I thought it's tough. Nobody in the world 
would let that happen in real life. I'm sorry. Dumb. Dumb, 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 yep. dumb, dumb. Um, tell me if you guys think I'm wrong on this one. I'm going to throw out, see, because where you started to go is not where I thought you were going. So I'm not going to say you're wrong. Uh, I will take out the idea of anybody else will be going to jail because there's a lot of stuff where we could be going, they should be going to jail. Uh, just like we talk about, you know, contracts should be null and void and the stupidity of I've got you on my cell phone recorded while there's a camera in plain sight. Um, my issue with that was it was like, as soon as I saw him in the body bag, I'm like, oh, well, that's not a big deal because Darby Allen likes being in a body bag. He's done this to himself. He's thrown himself off half pipes. Mm -hmm. He's uh, been in body bags with tax. So this should just literally be a ride in the park for uh, Darby Allen. I have no, you know, I would say I have no problem. No, I will say I have no problem with him being mm -hmm. dragged in the realm of pro wrestling. But when you show me all these vignettes about this is what this guy likes, well, shouldn't he just get dragged around, pop his head out and go, hey guys, that was fun. Can we do it again? <laughs> That's how that felt to me. Okay, it's like, fair enough. I just, uh, I, brutal. That's, you know, like giving somebody, you know, you're giving the kid, the kid likes candy. Well, hey, you know what? I've got something really bad here you're not going to like. I'm going to give you some more candy. I guess what we can agree is we may not agree on the end product of our, or the way to get there. Yeah. But the end thing is this didn't come off as anything realistic or terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way to do it. I mean, yeah. if it was more realistic, it would have been freaking terrible, but it was so unrealistic and so I don't know, just dumb that it just came off as nothing really just an excuse when you think about it to make sure that, Sting didn't talk again. <laughs> you got to throw his face on TV and he didn't have to do yeah. anything but run away. Anybody that knocks on WWE for their use of part-timers and this and that, mm -hmm. I give you Sting! <laughs> yeah, the, only, the only word we've heard from him is that him and Darby are hoodlums. Yeah, they're goddamn hoodlums. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, now we get to our, Alex Marvez actually getting to say a few words. Well, he's bugging for some reason. He thought it would be a good idea to find out where Kenny Omega is, drive out to the golf course that was there, <laughs> cameraman, and ask him, why aren't you in the ring getting ready for tonight? I'm sorry, Andy. Is there any time that when you're not wrestling where you're just like, I better get and practice for this match tonight instead of just living your life? I Just another dumb thing. <laughs> Such a I, dumb you know what? I, I, it, before we started this show, as I watched the show, I mean, I, and I made my notes and, you know, maybe it's because we're actually talking and it's out loud, mm -hmm. but I, I had in my head, I had a certain thought about, okay, you know, I'm going to kind of give this show like this kind of rating. The more we talk about the show, the more I'm like, wow, this really wasn't a good show. Well, definitely the segments weren't good. <laughs> yeah, um, no. I've got to say though, that uh, before you get too turned over, it was refreshing at the end to see a bunch of new talent injected on the show. And that I enjoyed that aspect a lot. Yeah. But I, uh, uh, it's just comedy things. Like, I mean, here's the thing is we've just, I, we may not have realized the pace of it, but they just put four uh, segments back to back here. This is the fourth in a row with no matches in between. Yeah. You know, and they're not good segments, which makes it even seem worse. You know, you see the turd four times, you think you're in a turd house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, 
And there was just dumb stuff. I don't know if you guys caught it in the back, maybe because I worked at a golf course and I understand a lot more about golf than people understand. But first of all, you had him in a sand bunker chipping a shot where you can clearly see the guys putting it in the hole in the background as they're arguing about something. And then Kenny Omega, who obviously has never played golf in his life, turned around and says, another eagle. No, an eagle is a hole in one idiot. You would not be doing an eagle from a freaking sand bunker. That doesn't happen. It's impossible. You've already blown the shot by landing in the bunker. An eagle's a hole in one? Yeah. It's, it's, an eagle's a hole in one. Really? Um, you, cannot, you cannot do that in two shots. It's a one-shot move. So it's like he's like talking like he doesn't know anything. And they're all going, yeah, Kenny, you've been maybe doing it all the time. I wonder, is that part of the, maybe that's, part, maybe that's supposed to be part of the thing? That's supposed to be funny? I yes, it is. It's oh, supposed to be uh, that uh, he's trying to be so arrogant. And I think, the maybe I'm wrong, guys, but I think the whole point of the Kenny Omega character is he's a guy who's so arrogant and out of it that he thinks whatever he's doing is right. You know what I mean? Like he could do yeah. the most dumbest thing and he thinks, no, I'm doing it right. You know, I'm the hero here. Um, and let's, oh my God, we're going to get into his great ass. Um, what do you call it? Uh, his uh, entrance. Oh. I said to my wife, let's see how outrageously silly whatever Justin Roberts is going to say today. And it just continues to be outrageously silly. Um, but we're going to get there. Uh Women's tournament match, Layla Hirsch, Thunder Rosa. Wow. I liked it, but there is a few problems that I've seen with this match. And I know Tony would hate this, but I think the problem here is Thunder Rosa is really small, right? Yeah. So she usually tends to be fighting girls who are always bigger than her. Layla Hirsch is actually smaller than her. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but she took so many opportunities where she sidestepped in because she wasn't used to having a smaller target to run into things. There were so many times where she pivoted and stopped and did her move because she was unsure if she was actually going to get the her move in at the right place. Yeah, so that one just so small. The one part where she was on the top rope and she just stopped. Yes. There yeah. was a time when she twice she ran in from the ropes. The third time she did an awesome uh, knee thing, but twice she ran in. One was a body block that looked like it barely like, grazed her. You know, she threw her body in, but then it was like she caught herself in the, the sides and just sort of brushed against Layla. And it was just like, I was at first, I was like, this seems really off for a Thunder Rosa match. Then I realized it's because Thunder Rosa usually deals with bigger women. So she's probably really struggling to face a girl smaller than her. Um, I thought Hirsch looked really good here, guys. There was a few times where I was like, whoa, is she going to actually beat Thunder Rosa here? You know, um, except when she went for that second, it was so obvious the second uh, moonsault was going to be a, a terrible. <laughs> she even walked around Thunder Rosa to, yeah. <laughs> to go up and do it. Just inexperienced. But uh, let's give props to, to uh, Layla Hirsch because she put in some really unique uh, offense tonight. And there were times she legitimately looked like she had her. Although there was one spot in there, Andy, that I did not understand. Okay. And that was the part where uh, Thunder Rosa uh, was in a triangle and she, le she leaned forward and she had the pin. And she clearly had the pin. The referee hits two and instead of taking the third pin, Thunder Rosa lifts her up to slam her. I'm like, she 100% had her wrapped up. You could see that 
No way in hell Hurst was going to be able to kick out yeah. of that. Instead, she broke up her own pen to slam her so the match could go on another four minutes. Well, but that's, that was the spot. <laughs> it, it was, but it, it, to me, it was just a spot that doesn't serve Thunder Rosa because yeah. she's too small to do that to anyone else. So she's glad she got to move in on a four, four foot 11 girl. <laughs> but uh, it was still it was still a good match. Uh, I thought Thunder Rosa did not look as great as she usually does. She looked good, but she had a lot of miscues. Uh, Layla Hurst struggled near the end, but she did a lot of interesting power stuff. But she did clearly struggle at the end. All in all, though, I liked the match. Andy? Yeah. Uh, I don't have too much here. I, I thought it was an okay match. Um, maybe a step down or two from some of the matches we've seen lately. Mm-hmm. But still a lot better than what we were used to seeing. Uh, I agree. I thought uh, Layla Hirsch had a good showing. Um, Thunder Rosa was all right. And like I said, maybe that's because she's used to working with, with bigger opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, it, I don't know. I It wasn't anything inspiring for me. It wasn't, one, like I said, wasn't one of the better ones. It was like, it was oh, a middle like, of the road one, eh? Yeah. But like I said, having said that, compared to, you know, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where it just seemed like we were, you know, it's like, oh, like, you know, we were feel bad for the women's division. Mm-hmm. It was it was an all right match. Like, if this match had happened a couple of weeks ago, we'd be like, oh, this is a lot better than what we're used to seeing. But lately, we've been getting some good content from the women's matches. Mm-hmm. So it's it was a little more of a like a step down for me. But OK, that's OK. What did you think, uh, Elio? Uh, for me, this was a good match. Um, it was better than uh, what we what we usually see from the women's division. It wasn't the best Thunder Rosa match, but it was yeah. for me. I liked it. It was now, good. What do you guys think of the fact that they've announced that the Japanese side of the women's uh, brackets are going to be shown on YouTube? Uh, I, I, uh, how many people are going to really tune in? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's going to be for the diehards. Yeah. And in a sense, uh, you know what? I'll almost say like it makes sense because yeah, I was gonna what, say what, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. you know, oh, here we're going to go to a, you know, a, you know, a tape match on Dynamite. Yeah. And like that, that's logistically that makes sense. Is Dark on YouTube? Yeah, Dark's yes. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah okay. YouTube so I mean, that makes sense. What else are you going to do? Well, what about the fact also that... Uh, when they showed the Japanese competitors, now I watch a lot of women's wrestling and I only recognize two of those women. <laughs> and one of them, Aja Kong? Aja Kong and Emi Sakura were the only well, two. No, we don't remember Yuka Sakazaki was in, in, on AEW Dynamite. Don't even remember. I don't even remember her. That's how yeah, little yeah. of a pressure. And she, was she Sheeta on there? The... Did they show Sheeta on those graphics? I don't know if she. I don't, I don't think know. they did, but I mean, if she's back in Japan, maybe yeah, something's she... going to happen and. Yeah, because she she's in the tournament, and she said she was back in Japan. But when they showed those graphics, yeah, there was right. no there was no Shida, so that's confusing as heck. Dun dun dun! <laughs> they're, they're 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 really cutting it short with this tournament too, because it's already almost the middle of February. They're cutting it short with this tournament because mm. uh, Revolution's on uh, the seventh of March. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Taya Conte for the win. Um, anyways, <laughs> is she even in, I don't even think she's in the tournament, to be honest. Yeah, she is. She's in the tournament. She is? Oh, yeah. She's totally going to win. Is Britt Baker in it? Yeah. Is, is she ain't going to win shit. Okay. 
Actually, I made I made a list of all the all the participants in the tournament. Okay. Uh, you have it right now. I do. Okay. As it's going along, guys, here's the simple. You think they have a chance? They don't have a chance. You have no fucking clue who they are. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Okay. All right. You got them. Start reading them, Elio. Okay. So on the Japanese side, we have Asia Kong. Mm-hmm. Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, Veni. <laughs> Emi Sakura. <laughs> Emi Sakura. Hey, Andy. You, she was on um, Dynamite before you started doing it yeah. with us. Okay. She come out dressed like Freddie Mercury, complete with a mustache. Oh, and we, we, it was bad. We, it was we, so we, bad. We, we put it in the box. Little fat Japanese chick with a Yeah, She was in the book. <laughs> okay. uh, we have a Rio Mizunami. Not uh, Rio? May... That was that... No, it's not Rio. It's no, a Rio. different chick. This is May Sugura. Rin Kadokura and Maki Ito. That's the okay. Japanese side. Now, okay. One of I these don't girls, even know any of these people except the two. One of those girls, somebody had sent her sent out a, a screenshot of a tweet she placed on Twitter. And she put, hi, motherfuckers. I'm so-and-so. <laughs> I am the queen of shit and piss. And I'm going to win the tournament. Then they took down the shit and piss part. <laughs> but it was still, hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> so it's so Hold on, I'll get right there. But you know what the other thing she said, Andy? <laughs> I love this. I failed to get into high school. <laughs> I failed to become an anime artist. I failed to become a model. But I have my dream now to win the AEW Women's <laughs> Tournament. So who, who was this? I can, I'll find out the name. It was one of the last three girls there. Oh, actually. okay. <laughs> I failed high school. I failed to get a die. <laughs> but my dream of becoming an AEW tournament oh. winner. The queen of shit and piss. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I guess I'm not the target demographic. And I don't know who is. Who is the target of that? Elio. 12 year olds? I don't know. <laughs> Queen of shit and pisses. <laughs> like the twelve-year-olds. Okay. All right. Uh, no, I'm saying is that twelve-year-olds would like, like, like the humor in that that that's supposed to attract. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so okay. On the American side, we have Serena Deeb. Uh, I don't think she's going to win the tournament. Rio. She better not win the tournament. Britt Baker. She ain't going to win the tournament. Ty Conti. Yay. <laughs> Thunder Rosa. Nyla Rose. I don't know. Nyla Rose. Anna Jay. And Layla Hirsch. Isn't she already out now? Yeah, well, she, yeah she'd be out now. Well, no, well, no I, I had these uh, before. On the, I think that before. But that's it's all the names name. that are in it. Excuse, Elio. That's called an excuse. That's not an excuse. <laughs> it's a cheap excuse. It's not a cheap excuse. It's expensive. You're a cheap guy, Elio. It's expensive. Expensive. <laughs> Your mom bought you that computer. Don't you be telling me. Expensive. All right. Uh, <laughs> then we go now to, uh, I don't know why I found this incredibly uncomfortable, but Jungle Boy 
sitting on a couch without a shirt on and his hair all wild. <laughs> Apparently, he really lives the Jungle Boy lifestyle. Having an interview with Tony Schiavone, talking about all this stuff and ending it with that he's going to make Dax his bitch. <laughs> Yes. Which was the most unconvincing threat I've seen in a while. Yes. yes. <laughs> what is it? It's go to word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the AEW, like, you say bitch and it's big trouble. You said, call me a bitch. I'm going to kill him. You know, like, <laughs> is it just me or does Jungle Boy, like, I like Jungle Boy, but did he not seem the most disinterested and unconvincing, angry mechanical tough guy? It's actually what I wrote down mechanical. Nice. At first, I thought he was being serious, but then as it went on, it was just, you know, he's sitting here like this, and he's talking like this, and I thought we had a really good match, and people told me how good it was, but then after you did this, and you took Marco, and you kidnapped him, thankfully, he's okay now, but I want to fight you again, so I can make you my bitch. And it it honestly looks like I'm behind the camera holding cue cards that you're trying not to glance too hard at as you stare at the camera. Kidnapped, literally speaking. (laughs) Yes. But you know what, though? The thing with this is, the, to me, like, the, the it's it's there for him. Yeah. Maybe it's what, you know, and it's funny because earlier in the show, I'm talking about giving people the chance to, you know, giving them the mic and, and, and talking. I would think maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt just based on his pedigree mm-hmm. that he would have better acting, better acting acumen than, than most. So, mm-hmm. I mean... Like he spoke clearly and, and like, you know, that part was there, was fine. It's just, yeah, like, it, it's so, like, like you said, it's like reading cue cards or whatever. Yeah. So, and so mechanical. He like yeah. did not move his. Oh, so no, the, the potentials. I mean, if that's maybe the thing, like where I, maybe, you know, you have to, you try to guess or whatever. Maybe that's what they were trying to say. Okay. Look, like, you know, you have to be serious. You have to be kind of like focused and it just didn't come across that way. Well, that's because the young bucks were coaching him on acting. Maybe, unfortunately, <laughs> but I, I think they're like for him to be able to do a good promo, it, like the the potential's there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it just it, it needs work. It does. The potential is there. What is good? Um, my I, I always jokingly say this. Do you think that when he matures and becomes Jungle Man, it'll all come together? I hope so for his sake. For his sake and ours, because we have to watch yep. this. Yeah. Okay. If Marco Stunt ends up being the big success out of these three idiots, I am going to be sorely disappointed in this world. That's not going to happen. You'll be disappointed for other reasons. Yes, there's many reasons in this world to be disappointed. Alrighty, um, now uh, we get to the main event. Uh, Dan Callis, Andy's favorite, gets to join the uh, commentator booth and be annoying as per usual. Uh, Sometimes he makes me laugh. This time... He was. He didn't add anything to the to the commentating. I feel. Um, wow, is Kenta small? And you think it's a good idea to put him in there with Archer? <laughs> it was almost comedic just looking at him. Um, so we have uh, Kenny Omega comes out with that wow obnoxious uh, entrance. Yeah, the dancing girls with the brooms, the full bit. Uh, and I'm sorry, but I was sick of North Carolina. Yeah months ago it's just, it was yeah. funny it was funny at the, in well, the beginning but it's now... not even funny even the stuff he used to say stuff leading into it that was kind of funny yeah but now it's like they're, they're not even bothering they just say north carolina like it's no but that's what i'm saying when when he first debuted this entrance it was it was funny it was okay 
mm-hmm. but now it's just nothing about it's funny anymore. No, no. Um, then uh, Lance Archer, John Moxley come in, and I, I get you know we talked ahead of time about this uh, this match, and Andy made a very good point that it sunk in as I was thinking about it. This match was kind of it could have been so much better had they either reined it in a little or let it go completely out. But this middle of the road stuff, some was good, some was horrible, some was funny, some was stupidly silly. Um, the biggest atrocious thing, of course, was in the near three quarters into the match, they decide to show us the highlights of what happened in the match while the match is still going on. Yeah. Which, I, why? <laughs> yeah. And, this, and that's the kind of thing that WWE shows you when they're in a rest hold. Or, when, you know, they don't do it when you're still in the middle of a back room brawl and, oh, hey, let's go back to what happened a minute ago. Or at least go um, picture in picture something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, the small, this happened yeah. sort of deal. Um, and just dumb things. I mean, uh, watching um, Archer clearly waiting for his cue to come running in with the bag of the, the box of potatoes. And they're in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, fighting on top of those carts. Uh, if anyone's ever worked in a kitchen, I've worked in there. Those prep tables. You would never stand on those. They're just too fucking dangerous. But then you notice the referee is holding it while they're doing it. That annoys me as much as watching ladder matches where the referee holds the ladder. (laughs) So, okay. Um, In the end of this match, of course, you knew because it was an ODQ match that the Good Brothers would come in. Uh, They lay out Archer. um, And there was a good little spot in there where... um, the baseball bat. Um, oh, well, the barbed wire baseball bat. Before we get to that, Jake Roberts doing a move or two? Short arm clothesline. Really surprised me he even got in there. And then looked like he was going to take a, an actual bump was scary enough. But then, of course, Archer coming in with the uh, – or not Archer, sorry. Um, Moxley coming in with the baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, uh, laying about a few people before he gets laid out, which is always so funny, too. He just tears apart those four guys. And then Kenta takes him out like boom. <laughs> so it just, okay. In the end, I believe Archer ate the pin, right? Yep. And uh, at the end of this, I was like, I was kind of laughing. I was just, it wasn't explosive enough to be super fun. It was, it was kind of a joke. I felt like I <clears throat> wasted my time a bit here. Andy, how'd you feel about this? Uh <sighs> I'm trying to debate now. Like, I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna say I full out, full out enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It, it was fun. Uh, for me, usually, and I, I think I've said this before in the past, when some of these type of matches go on, it's almost like a break for me because mm-hmm. chances are I'm gonna enjoy it because mm-hmm. I don't take it too seriously. Um, you know, it's it's fun for kicks and giggles to see some of the creativity as long as it's not getting ridiculous, like the the whatever the stadium stampede match was and guys aren't getting Northern lights suplex, you know, 50 yards down the field kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, it was all right. It was fun. There was a, yeah, you know, there's a few little uh, miscues that with the uh, archer waiting that in the, in the kitchen there, that was a little off for me. Um, I had chuckles with the baseball, the barbed wire baseball bat, when the first shot that you give to both of the gentlemen in question are gut shots and you hit them both in the belt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's still impact. 
no pun intended, but uh, it's like, uh, like really, like, but uh, there was that, you know, and, and Archer doesn't look bad in the taking the pin because it took whatever the three or four yeah. guys to, to beat him. And in the end, I'm usually a fan of, you know, the heels kind of ending up on top like this. Depending what they're, I mean, you know, maybe they're not doing anything with Lance Archer, but if they were, if they're, if they're setting something up for Archer and Omega, you know, or we talked before about, hey, as far as like something that would give uh, a bit of a rub to him as, as a bit of a more of a push, mm-hmm. I think in this environment, if they could have had Archer pin Omega. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I would have I would have been okay with that, and that to me would have given him some credibility. Again, I don't know if they're going to go into revolution or anything else. Like, it's just right now that hey, we need to put in somebody that looks credible to team with Mox. So maybe that's mm-hmm. what it is. If that's what it is, fine. But uh, uh, you know, I again, I get why you know heels went over. I'm okay with that. But it it was something in my head like, oh, this would be a really good opportunity to help kind of solidify his status and kind of bump him up as a baby face. Uh, Jake, two things with Jake. I wonder because was it last week? I think he was last week or two weeks ago. He was involved in one of the matches too on the outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, I almost wonder if this was, you know, some of the guys being like, Hey Jake, like, please, like, you know, I'm one of your biggest fans growing up. Is there some way, can we just do, I'd love to, you know, take a draft, just something. Yeah. And because even to that, when he was, uh, towards the end of the, towards the end of the match, when he was kind of interacting with Mox. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking like, wow, the last time Moxley and Jake were in the ring together, Jake had a snake slithering all over, uh, Mox. Yeah. I was like, "Eh, you know, it's come a long way, but, uh, you know what you you said, maybe it was flat kind of, you didn't really enjoy it too much. I, I was okay with it. No, I didn't hate it. I didn't, oh, no, I didn't say you did. Just, you, it's just, just when I got weren't... to the end of it, I was kind of yeah. like, oh. Yeah. Just something about the ending of it just made me go, wow. This was your typical, it was your typical ending that they do with these throwaway matches that don't mean anything. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. Yeah. You know? And it, how about the ridiculous sight of Kenny Omega having the Good Brothers hoist Lance Archer on his shoulders so he could give him, because he couldn't lift him to oh, do that. But I, but see, but I was okay with that because to me that made sense that it's not again. It takes three guys to get him into the finish. Yeah, and you know what? You brought up a good point. Point because I kept saying I said to my wife who was watching just the last match with me. I said to her, I said, man, if if they if they could let Archer win this, it isn't gonna. You know, it's a non-title. There's no belts up here. Yeah, and this would like it makes Archer it would make Archer legitimize him here. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, even if they don't give him a title shot till way later, he's in the yeah. mix now. So I was a bit, the only thing I find, I like the move. Okay. I like this move a lot, but when you're doing this kind of knockout brawl, blah, 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 I think going to the top ropes, walking it is the stupidest thing in the world when you're in a kind of a match <laughs> where guys are trying to punch you, hit you with things yeah. to take the time out to do the balancing act and then flip a little much like it, but it just was out of place for me in this. Well, the Undertaker would do it. Uh, okay. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I <laughs> he wouldn't flip. No. <laughs> still, just the idea of going up to the top. I mean, you can say that with a lot of like the Luchadors too, right? Yeah. They go up there, it's like, why they just pull oh, them no. down? Yeah, like I love it when guys actually pull them down or kick them yeah. off the thing because it seems more legit. Um, what did you think of this match, Elio? Uh, I Is this your cup of tea. Some parts I like, some parts I didn't like. Um, yeah, towards mm-hmm. the end, uh, it kind of fell apart for me. 
Okay, we, we you know what? We're kind of uh, being idiots here. Maybe because we talked about it ahead of time. We didn't realize not one of us mentioned the whole potato jokes. I, I deliberately I deliberately omitted okay. it. When you were talking about the kitchen stuff, I was just yeah. like, meh, like, yeah. for those that get it, cool. Otherwise, to have to go, look, you know, it's an insider term. And yeah. It's supposed to be funny. Um, there's so many things in the kitchen you could hit somebody with more. <laughs> Maybe because I'm a chef. I was like, that's all you're going to use is the potatoes. But anyways... <laughs> Um, a few things I'm going to say about this show. Uh, I thought it was a good effort. I really appreciated an infusion of a bunch of new faces this week. Sometimes you have to do that. You have to have a show where you have a bunch of extra guys and hopefully some of these people stick, you know, some of them obviously won't, but we got to see some guys, even if it's just a taste of what's coming down the road that I liked. There were a lot of unevenness in some of the matches, which unfortunately made them suffer. There was a hell of a lot of bad uh, vignettes and uh, logic applied in the show that just, uh, what the hell sort of deal makes you shake your head kind of stuff. Um, One thing I forgot to point out too, and I wrote all these notes and then I let it go. There were so many notes I put about the Darby Allen match. As I'm watching Darby Allen wrestle, and and I don't know if you caught this, Andy, and you probably did. He wrestles like a heel. He does shit that good guys don't do. You don't, good guys don't go kick people's face in the rope. They, you know, he's doing all these little things that if they turn him into that snaky heel, this will be awesome. Yeah. But it's hard to generate except for his size. And this is the, this is the weird juxtaposition of Darby Allen. Darby Allen's a small guy and you're supposed to naturally cheer him because big guys are beating him up. He's an underdog. However, he's presented himself as this freakazoid who loves to be beaten and loves to take punishment. So it's hard to generate sympathy when you know the guy doesn't hurt him or it doesn't bother him. Hard to generate sympathy. Yeah. Then combine the fact that half of his arsenal is dirty type moves that the heels should be doing. It makes him super hard to get behind as a fan favorite. So I that that's something, you know, that's a tweak. I think if they just looked at some of that and adjusted this, they could make him a way better, more effective face or turn him heel. But right now, with the, the way they're presenting him, it's always going to be rough. There's always people who's going to not buy the fact that he's the good guy. And I can see why. You know, I respect the things he does at times, but some of the things and, and plus, I can for one the first time ever, I agree with Tony. When he was laying there on his back, I was like, his costume is the most ridiculous thing. He looks like a reject from Peter Pan. He's one of the lost boys fighting it out. I don't, I don't understand why he's dressing like that, but uh, the makeup did some good stuff. So if we had to take a good look at today's thing and we're going to wrap up a score, um, I'm going to start off with Andy. Andy, if you're going to score this one on a report card and you know what, I'm good. I'm taking this time to go last because I'm not formulated quite yet what I want to say yeah. of a score. Uh, do you need a minute or are you ready, Elio? Do you have a score? I have a score in mind. Are you, yeah. are you ready to go? Andy? Go ahead, Elio. Okay, well, yeah, Elliot, what do you got on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, because I thought it was an average show. The matches weren't were all bad. The segments were mm-hmm. really bad. Atrocious. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with a C minus. C minus. Yeah, it's lower than I was going to go. Okay, Andy. Yeah, you know what? I I was at the start. I was kind of thinking C because, like, okay, well, maybe this is a little bit better than than last week. But then, mm-hmm. as we got talking, I'm kind of like, you know, that's why I said ah, I'm not sure this yeah. wasn't as maybe this is even worse. So I've kind of been 
I'm in between. I, you know what, I, I, because this week at least there wasn't a wedding. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there were highlights, <laughs> lowlights. Uh, yeah, well, we didn't have to sit through the whole thing at least. True. Um, and at least Miro saved it with his promo. Actually, yeah, mask some of how bad it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Elio as well. I'm gonna say a C minus. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give it a C. And the only reason I didn't go C minus was I did appreciate the fact of seeing some newer people being highlighted. Like I said, probably three quarters of them, but we won't see again, but there was some interesting stuff. I, I, I also, I don't know if you guys knew this, but about 10 minutes after the show ended, uh, Tony Khan tweeted out that they hired Lee Johnson as a full-time member of AEW. So he's been hired to the main. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, hence the big, uh, the, the whole, Oh, your first win. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there are guys who've worked in that company forever. Like, what the fuck? I won my first night. Yeah. And he said jack shit. But uh, it was zero fifty six yeah. on dark. <laughs> One win, and <laughs> he's the man. Um, so, and I'm, I don't under, I don't understand the nightmare family. Um, it started off as just you know dust, Dustin and Dusty, and then they brought in QT Marshall. Then they bring in all these guys who i guess maybe they'll have a thing down the line but that seems like opposite of building stables usually building a stable is you I've you have some that. bad guys and then you have a hot newcomer not I've a maybe you'll develop yeah this is for some sort of cool new faction yeah they're not <laughs> no but i'm saying is that what they're supposed to be well i think that's the point of a faction like this but they're not i mean it's I know, like yeah. i would get it if they picked up hobbs then it could have been like you know well, because at they least had he was Hobbs on... for ten minutes. Yeah, for ten yeah. minutes. But I meant if he was like a highlight of their package of like you know what yeah. the Nightmare Family is. But really, Lee Johnson and who the hell's the other guy? I don't even remember the other guy's name now. He was on uh, a week or two ago. No, now they have Aaron. They yeah, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron whatever. Solo and uh, Nick Komoro. Yeah, so they got these guys who we barely even remember. Does that sound like a faction that puts it any fear into anybody or any? Okay. Well, we talked about how the one guy he has that Bruce Brody look. Yeah, that was that Nick. Comoro. Nick Comoro. Yeah. And he lost his match, but now he's part of the Night Fair family. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it takes a good. Well, you win the match and you get a get contract. Signed. You lose the match and you just join the Nightmare family. And you get to be on Dark. That's a consolation Dark. <laughs> So you're part of the family, but you're not really part of the family because you don't have a contract. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's like trying to explain those dudes over in WWE who hate the system and they are going to interfere and do what they want, but they got contracts from Raw. <laughs> yeah, that still bugs me about retribution. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, I am not too much of an egotist to admit when I made a mistake. Um, an eagle is actually a two under par. Okay. But it's extremely hard to – no one really scores an eagle out of yeah. a sand trap. To get up there already took you two strokes. So that still doesn't work. But that's his character, right? Yeah. He's supposed to be the guy who believes he's everything. Yeah. <sighs> so, folks, you know what? We had a fun time. We actually – I think I had more fun talking with you guys about this than watching the Watch show. show. I, you know what? I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Andy – Always good seeing you. Looking forward yeah. to our upcoming uh, new adventure on our next episode of Quarantine. Uh, I hope so. I hope it works out. It'll be a gooder. 
And Elio, it's good to see you beaten, whipped, and returned to us. Uh, wherever Clay Cummings is, I hope he's laughing at you heartily. And uh, told you, don't always trust those Americans. <laughs> Although you're from Toronto, you're an Eastern Canadian. I'm not sure if me and Andy yeah, think of you right. as a Canadian. But anyway, it's still the same. You and your minus 12 weather. <laughs> Minus 12. <laughs> okay, I know who American folks have. No, you'll have to go look at the conversion for this, okay? But uh, today they were talking on the radio, and uh, it's been like in the minus 40s, minus 50s up here in Red Deer the last couple of days. Uh, Sorry, guys, it's minus 8 right now. Oh, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> so he says, the DJ says today, guys, there's going to be a six degree high temperature more than last night. <laughs> However, I challenge any of you to show me the difference between minus yeah. 47 and minus 53. Because <laughs> it's actually uh, tonight, Andy, uh, where they, they tell us we're supposed to be looking here in Red Deer at, with the wind chill at minus 51 or something like hey, that. Hang on, because I just found something here. So Please let it be warmer. Please tell me they updated that, because that was this afternoon. So minus 51 Celsius is roughly minus 59.8 degrees Fahrenheit. American fans, you're probably shivering like hell right now that you yeah. understand the conversion. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we're going to get through this deep freeze. You know what, Andy? They say this is going to break for us probably by the end of the weekend. And it'll be uh, back to so. a balmy minus 20s. <laughs> yeah, well, Sunday I'm seeing here minus 15. Yes. And by Tuesday, minus 8. By next Friday, minus 4. So let's uh. So this has been a – you know what? I, I went to BC uh, for a couple of days. Uh, the temperature I left uh, Monday morning, it was minus two uh, when I left. When I arrived in Red Deer that night, it was mine with the wind chill. It was minus 47. <laughs> so it went down 45 degrees in eight hours of driving. Ouch. Yeah. Well, we can all we can say, fans, is keep warm watching wrestling. Uh, you know what? We, uh, AEW has had a little bit of a... I don't know, a little bit of a bump right now, but so, so do all the programs. But we're still wrestling fans. We still enjoy it. We don't hate watching Dynamite. We wish every week the show was a little more coherent. But don't get us wrong. Every episode, there's at least one or two good matches that you'll probably enjoy or maybe one or two things that you'll laugh at. Uh, but we're here to tell you over a two-hour viewing experience, is it great two hours? Is it a sad two hours? Is it two hours you wish you had back? It'll always be one of those things. So always hope for the high and get scared of the low and uh, keep watching wrestling because you, let's face it, there's nothing more exciting than watching guys wrestling in their underwear. If I may interject one last thing, yes. if you are not going to enjoy watching the show, at least it provides fodder for us so that yes. you can still listen to us. Even if you don't want to watch dynamite. Yes. And let's, I'll tell you this for every super bad show of dynamite there is, you are going to get a, a more funnier, ridiculous episode out of us because our minds have been mushified for those two hours. Yeah. The only way to clear out the old attic is for the three of us to go into idiot mode and start spewing the ridiculousness because it's yeah. the only thing that will bring us back to normalcy. So, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and good news because you know what? I'm glad you brought up the eagle because mm -hmm. I had my cell phone on record the whole time. What? Cameraman, get this. <laughs> <laughs> He totally MJF'd us. <laughs> I'm going to punch him in the stomach. <laughs> You're lucky you came clean. You're lucky you came clean because I had my phone on record. 
That is going to be the worst piece of logic today. This week, I sorry, they have some dumb stuff, but to have the, a cameraman, I thought MJF's supposed to be a brilliant guy. Isn't that what's supposed to make him a, a great heel? Is that he's smart? I don't know. Uh, maybe this is a dumber version of MLW, say MJF. Maybe this is the Elio Canella version. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Crickets to come out. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, what I'm not your information. Well, Andy gave it to me. Anyhow, <laughs> what about this misinformation? Well, folks, thank you for joining us. Uh, we had a fun, <laughs> we had a fun time. If we're leaving with some laughter, that's for sure. Uh, everyone, have a good night, and uh, remember, Elio's back because this is where he deserves to be. <laughs>